All right, let's get started. So, um, so we're in Maimer Shani in Parakei in the Karim. And um, no, I'm sorry, Parak Dalid, right? Yeah, Parak Dalid. And now he wants to start on the topic of, of proofs, proofs of, uh, of God. Okay. So, um, you know, it's, it's an important topic, but it's a difficult topic. And um, there are all different, you know, diff- different Rishonim have different, have different approaches to things. And um, he's taking up the Rambam. This, he says, this is what he's presenting over here. He says it at the end is the Rambam's, what he says, the Rambam's, the fourth proof of the Rambam in the second book of the Marvel. Okay. So, um, well, let, let's go, let's start it over here and uh, we'll discuss it. And, uh, and um, maybe we'll try to see uh, some, some other ideas that we can uh, also uh, discuss in terms of uh, proofs. Um, okay. So he's like, it's a Mimer Rishon. We already explained the first Mimer, Parak that why does the Torah start with the Parshish Bracious? It's to, it's to prove to you, it's to demonstrate Metziah Sapol, the existence of the, of the agent, right? the existence of, uh, of God. And he says in, um, in that Parak, basically says, you know, his idea is that the, that the Karim boiled down to three. Right, which is existence of God, and um, and, and uh, he says he has the um, what's that? He has um, I can't hear you saying Tarvishmayim and Tzchayvonim. Right, those are things. So he wants to say that through, if you look through Parshas Bracious, it's broken up in a way that it demonstrates. Each one of these ideas. Tarman Shemayim he generalizes to Nevoah in that uh, in that part in that part. But um, he says in the beginning, the idea of of, of Bracious being uh, being um, you know uh, uh, seven days and discrete actions indicates is is a uh, is a demonstration of the idea of of the Creator. Okay. So let's go, let's go through a little bit. So like this, Vizet, Mimash and Nizgashom. Okay. Mietsias Advar Minakoach El Apoel, Yesh Raya Al Mitsias Hapoel. So when you, the, 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 um, the production of things from potential to actuality. Okay. Interesting, they use the term Koach, but uh, has a, has a, has a proof. On the existence of the agent who brings them to uh, existence, to actuality. And we also mentioned over there in Bracious that why is it discussed as uh, creation on each day? This was created on this day, it's created on that day. The Sheshish Mea Bracious is a Raya al Metsius Hapoel Bikavon of Rotten. It's a demonstration, or it's a it's a proof, or I guess a demonstration, an indication that on the existence of the agent who's acting with intention and will, meaning like this: Sehu poel hadvarim beita mischalfim kfi mashegozro chachmosa. That he acted, he created according to 
his, uh, according to, at different times, right, according to what his wisdom decreed. As opposed to, um, uh, we'll come back to it. Says, even though it would have been possible for God to create everything in one instant, but Bracious describes the creation in discrete times and uh, order. And that reflects, he says, an idea of Kavana and Ratzam, as opposed to just um, a, um, you know, just of necessity, okay? Like the Aristotelian idea, just comes into existence of necessity. So there's an order, there's a specific order, and and that demonstrates a specific kavana. He says, he omnam nimtu beitim mischalf lahoros al hakavana varatzon Okay, now he has an interesting, an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, mission in others. It says, baros." So it's the first mission in uh, the fifth pair. Says, "Couldn't couldn't the just uh, created everything with one statement. Okay, so why are there ten mamaros for Bracious? Bracious, the world is created in ten steps, in ten statements, the, the Mishnah says, in order to punish the Rishayim and to reward the Tzadik. So what does that mean? He says, Vigam Baseder. So he wants to say like this. He wants to say, um, he doesn't explain what that means either. But um, he wants to say in the in the in the notes. Well, you, anybody want to suggest something? I mean, because since you can see that he was he was uh That's right. So then the Rashaim have no excuse for denying it. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's that, that's what you want to say, right? That he says, mm-hmm. They see that there are different, you know, uh, actions of creation at different times, so they should recognize and now that he is now he has the, the ability. To uh, to to do good or bad to those who, to whoever he wishes, and they still nonetheless they don't care. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay. Well, we have a lot of questions on the table, there. but I just, I just want to say one thing first before we get started. Is there's an interesting Rashba. In the Agadah, in the Agadas, where he says that a lot of times you find Chazal that discuss, like the thing, the one he discusses in that uh, in his Maimar and Agadah, Agadas is the, uh, the 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 Chazal where it says that the moon and the sun were were arguing, so to speak, or the moon was said we don't need can't have two two maoros. They were both maoros agadolos, and we can't have two big big ones in the sky. So he was shortened and made small, etc. Anyway, so the Rashi's a lot of times you'll find Chazal that discuss um, 
uh, entities of creation having a conversation with God about their existence, you know. So he says, of course, this is all a marshal. He says, but part of the, part of the objective of Chazal is to make it very clear to everybody that God creates the Ratzon. And these kinds of things are used sometimes with Derek Marshall to, to show that there was some kind of, you know, uh, Kavana and Ratzon in the creation and choice and things like that. Like, uh, you know, the moon could have been another way. The sun could have been a different way. As opposed to the idea like creation is, is just something that emanates from God without his will. So if there's a, if there's, he, he has a theory like that in, in Agatha that sometimes part of the, part of the Agatha is just to like, kind of like drive home an important, an important idea. And if this story is, uh, was well known to everybody, you know, then, then that you sowed that uh, the creation is, is, is a choice of, uh, of Kavana and Ratzon is firmly implanted, you know. So it's like a marshal to, uh, to uh, kind of like solidify that concept. But so he's saying over here too, is like a certain, is a certain, and I think that's part of what, what, what we're discussing over here. There's a certain, um, there's a certain need, he's saying, of course, who's going to listen to Bracious? Who's going to take a lesson from Bracious? Isn't it someone who already believes in, in, uh, in the Torah? So what does he need uh, the uh, this demonstration for? Right, he's reading the Torah. He already believes in uh, in uh, in the Vos Moshe. He already believes in Shavuot. Shouldn't let the Torah just say that uh, the world is created and he'll have? Yeah, he has to, obviously going to have to believe in all those in all those too. And if he and if he doesn't believe in those, then why is he going to accept the Torah? Right, that's your question. Yeah. So I I think I think he is saying over here that a lot of these things, you know, and, and this is an important uh, point also, there is, there is um, that um, sometimes there's an idea that has to be made clear. And it's not so much that it's, uh, that it's proving something to a non-believer, but it's expressing to the one who believes the proper idea that he's supposed to have. Like a lot of times you see, like I think in Chovos Levovos, like he discusses, I think in, in somewhere in his instruction, where he says, I'm not writing a, this is not like a book to address a heretic who doesn't believe and, and prove to them that everything has to be true. It's for a person who does believe, but is unsure about exactly what the clear idea that he's supposed to be uh, having. So there's a difference between like a, a proof to a, uh, to a non-believer and a demonstration of an idea to someone who is accepting uh, of the basic premises and is willing to uh, to hear a clear, uh, 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 you know, uh, construction of the proper uh, thoughts. It's a different level. Uh, it's a different. It's a different ASIC, right? So, for instance, in in the demonstration of the sheishes, you may bracious, of course, the, the first parsha of bracious alone is not going to prove to somebody who doesn't accept already that they, oh, oh, well, I see it says over here six days and there must be, must be Rosh Hashanah. It's not going to, it's not going to help somebody who is, who is, who is denying uh, the whole concept. Uh, certainly he's going to deny uh, Torah Mishra 
But but it is, he's saying, it is important, he says, Lahoros uh, Amatias Hapoel, to show even someone who is a um, Torah observant Jew that it should be clear just from the from the Misa Bracious, the that the, the proper idea of what we mean by God is the poel. And that was what we've been discussing up to this point. What kind of a poel is, is a Karaj Baruch? And although it's, there are difficulties in understanding what it means to be a poel Baratzon of a Kavana with regards to, to Hashem, because of the problems that, that, that we were discussing up till now, he says, nonetheless, it's, um, it has to be firmly uh, demonstrated through the um, through through the sheishes uh, bracious the kind of poel that the Karaj Baruch Hu is, and it's sort of like Hashem, so to speak, is instructing us in the in the manner of his uh, of his creation and demonstrating that it is berotzon uh, of So so in, so what about the Mimer in, in, in Avos? So it would seem. It would seem you'd have to say that that, that Mimer and Ovos is talking about somebody who starts out in the um, he starts out you know uh, uh, as a Mimer and he simply uh, and he leaves and he leaves the Torah in and he and he's basically um denying denying these ideas that um that the Torah is giving him access to and pointing him towards and he simply doesn't take up that um that instruction the Torah is basically pointing the person in the direction of where to of where to investigate and um to just uh, to just jump to a, to just reach a conclusion without, it would be one thing, like you said, one thing if the Torah doesn't, doesn't discuss gracious. Okay, so maybe a person doesn't know how to think about it, he doesn't have a proper orientation on how to think about it, and he comes up with an idea and he's misled. But he seems like he's saying over here, the study of gracious is on the contrary. It's, it is, it's a, it's a course. It's a, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a limut. And to uh, if a person is 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 thinking about how to understand Akharish Baruch Hu as a as the Borei, well, he, ha- he has access to uh, to where to look, and if he simply uh, just goes off his own and, and doesn't uh, take advantage of the um, of the uh, ideas that the Torah is communicating, that's his chait. And it's similar to what the Ram says, we discussed a few times. The Ram says a person. Says I got mixed up because of the plane shot in the psukim. He says that's not an excuse because you have uncleus right there, and everybody knows you don't have a right to just uh, dash and things uh, plane shot in your own. So it's uh, I think it's in that sense. It's sort of like laying down. Here is the foundation. The Torah wants you to recognize what type of a bore uh, a is, and that's part of the importance of of the seder. But your question was, um, but you guys had a different question. Your question was, what about the fact that uh, maybe in creation you need an order, not because of Kavana and Ratzon, but because uh, in, in the, uh, so to speak, development of, uh, of, the, of the universe, there have, things have to come before each other. It's an interesting question.
especially in light, you're going to say modern cosmology, uh, you'll say there's a, uh, there was an initial creation, and then things developed. It couldn't have been the world we know. Well, it could have been, but, <laughs> but that would have been a whole different kind of creation. <laughs> Before we get back to that, let's go one, one step, one more step over here, because it sounds a little bit like he contradicts himself. And he says, Even in this order that we find at different times, it also teaches on the, on the natural order. So now he brings in the natural order that there is um, to some of the creation over others, meaning it's like this, that within creation, there is a, uh, there's some kind of a, um, he says, like for instance, the inanimate comes before the animate. So he wants to say, it follows some kind of logical order too, some kind of natural order too. Like it's not just uh, random. Like it makes sense to have a, uh, or first, and then uh, Rakia, and then uh, Mayim, and then uh, you know, uh, you know the uh, vegetation. It's like there is some kind of a a, a seichel dika order. Shekol achas meim nimza beis haroi vehanoos lo lefi tiva kideisha timotze al tachlis shemusa sheefshah shetimotze bo kefi mashe gozro chokmos apol uritzono. That each one is. Each one of the existences, um, I'm sorry, each one of them is nimtzes, is found at the perfect time according to its nature. So that it should, it should, you should be able to, you should find, you should be found in the tachlishlimusa, in its most perfect sense that it could possibly achieve according to. The um, in other words, he didn't have like, um, you know, uh, uh, let's say life in, in a way that was deficient. Created man before he created the sun, probably increased that. Exactly, right. Wasn't, wasn't, uh, it was each thing was in its order, in its place, and, um, and basically uh, demonstrating some kind of scheme, some kind of plan. Some kind of uh, objective. Okay, but you could argue the opposite. You could say, if it's coming in some natural progression, maybe that's just a natural cause. Maybe there's man not, you know, man didn't didn't come before the sun because he needs the sun. So how could he come? Yeah, but that's the chazal. It's ten ma'amaros. Right, right. Okay, that's a good point. Moses saying that one mimer doesn't mean. The, addressing Harry's problem. One mimer doesn't mean the whole world would pop into existence uh, as a running, uh, uh, you know, as, as we know it now. One mimer would simply mean there was an initial creation and, uh, and, there, and then there was a natural, natural development. He didn't want to do this mimer until the other mimer was complete. And then a natural development. But when the ten mamoros imply the Tema Amoros mean there was a certain Hashgacha, a certain Ratzon, and this is now the time for this, this is now the time for that. 
So it's not just a simply a uh, unfolding, uh, you know, initial condition that is uh, that plays out. That there is each mimer is a demonstration of a. I mean, it's pretty clear from uh, the psukim. I mean, uh, we say that, like, like the Ramban says, that or it's desha, or that the that the water should, uh, you know, yishutzulamayim. The the Ramban says over there in those psukim. That means the Karsh Baruch was giving a, a certain koach at that time to the to the to the material to the substance to have the ability to produce. I mean, of course there are you know we, we once went through uh, um, the, the, those uh, first the, the Pesukim and Brachos. They tried to bring it into a uh, modern um, uh, theories of the uh, of, of the earth. Um, a long time ago, and on Sundays we, we did it once. But uh, y- there are certain things that I mean. The first, first, first of all, just in terms of in terms of gracious, I think the I think the Ibn Ezra has the right um, take on things. I think his approach is the best approach. That it's talking about the Earth, not talking about the universe. It's, there's a lot to be said for that approach. It removes a lot of problems. <laughs> And the rakia and all these things, it's uh, it's the it's the discussion of uh, of how the Earth became the inhabitable planet that we know it to be today. And there are certain uh, certain steps you look through uh, even in the scientific world. I mean, they, it's interesting to see the things that are necessary for the Earth to support life. And there are different there are different steps that had to occur. Um, and uh, rakia is, is essential because that, that filters out the harmful radiation, the atmosphere. Um, you know, so there are different, different, each, each, uh, each step was necessary and has a certain design towards the outcome of the higher, uh, uh, you know, higher forms of life, and essentially, namely man. And then there's that final uh, intervention of uh, of Yipach Ruach Elgin. But that's how he explains why Malachim aren't mentioned in Mice of Rishas. Maybe I don't remember. I don't remember. Is it on here? Yeah. But um, but um, yeah. So he's saying here too that those Mamoros are, are showing a person, and it's true. It points out in the world to recognize certain things that are necessary and not simply accidental. And those, each one of those features in, in, in the earth uh, you know, supports, uh, supports life and a person should recognize um, in uh, the, the, the Chachma and the, and the, uh, and the Ratzon in, uh, in that production. Yeah. It does seem that the Ma'amoros indicate a new um, an, a new mice of um, a new mice of creation, not in the sense that it's a new yesh me'ayin, but there was a, a necessary element that had to be um, I don't want to say adjusted, but maybe right, right, or or to speed it up. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. So, but scientifically. They would say that. It- I mean, scientifically, 
they don't really know. Uh, it's hard for them to account for the uh, the speed of things, isn't it? Hmm? Are you talking about like sudden jumps? Well, there is that, but I'm saying like I think no, they say from the time years. that the world was hospitable to life, almost immediately life started. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, That's why they're desperate to find life, uh, to find things elsewhere. But, but some want to say that it was seeded from out, from out of space. That's a theory. Because they have a hard time explaining how, you know, if you take a, once you get the atmosphere up and uh, you get oxygen into the, into the uh, atmosphere, once you get the, uh, you know, the ozone, you know, you're filtering out the harmful rays and you get oxygen into the atmosphere. It's almost, I think, almost immediately you start having uh, the record of life. So they don't really know. They have a hard time understanding that. It wasn't like billions of years of, of before something occurred. So, for instance, let's say, let's say the bracha to the fish. So you say, naturally, for whatever reason, and we can't understand these things, but Given just the natural order of 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 uh, of, of uh, evolution, I don't know. Maybe a fish wouldn't have ten thousand eggs in a, in a in a hatching. I don't know. I mean, there was the Chazal say you say a bracha. The Ibn Ezra says a bracha means a tosefes tov. There was some kind of a bracha that allowed the fish to have a, a reproductive system that was, not, that was not just naturally played out. Now, I, these are things we can't ever go back and scientifically demonstrate, but that does seem to be the position of, of, uh, of the Torah, that uh, even if you're going to take an idea of, of um, some kind of natural progression, there are certain elements that had to have been at specific times were um, adjusted or uh, accentuated or uh, curtailed. Like they say about the Tanina Magadol, they were shut down. At a certain point, they were shut down. That was the thing that was running away. It had to be turned into fossil fuel. I mean, there's a very interesting area, and it's one of these areas that um, <laughs> change over time, but... We used to, I used to have this, my father used to have this book called The uh, Philosophical Scientists. Okay. Um, and he basically was saying that the, the thesis of the book was that um, these kinds of scientists, like the evolutionary scientists, and I'm sure it's different today, but uh, they were not like necessarily rigorously trained. Um, in mathematics and things like that. So they would say, well, if it's random mutations, well, if you put a you put 100 monkeys in a room and you give them typewriters, after a while, they produce all the works of Shakespeare. So this guy was saying, well, let's see, how would that work mathematically? And he says, you know, mathematically, it would be, uh, if you take all the time in the universe that ever existed, you'd get like a couple of sentences. Yeah, but just, it sounds good. You just, hey, it's just random in time, whatever. You know, but it's not that simple, random in time. <laughs> now, 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 I know, I know, I know. What's that? Well, it seems that more time would have gotten more. 
Right, but people don't know, people don't necessarily understand the, um, you know, the, the, the limited amount of time that, of the entire universe given certain random uh, events. It, it, it's not so, not, now, now I've seen, of course, a lot of counter arguments to this, to this uh, you know, this is obviously going to be a very, very hotly debated topic. And one of the arguments I saw is, well, it's not all random. There's certain things, there are certain mutations that are more you know, naturally preferred. So the randomness is not true. You know, there's, but you have to, you have to sort of fix things up because um, cer- certainly, now I'm not a mathematician, um, but there are certain, but certainly, cer- definitely it's true. Certain off the cuff, you know, um, statements of random and time will get you anything you want doesn't doesn't appreciate <laughs> the uh how great uh you know how how small the probability is and, and and how limited the time actually has been it's worse it's worse because the typewriter has a finite number of so worse. you know it's a certain amount of like these are hard questions i can't i can't i'm not like i said i'm not expert, but there is a certain amount of uh in, in the scientific literature i think like the, or the uh the the ethos is well there is no other possibility so it's gotta be chance and time it's, got, it's just gotta be you know and um they try to work out these things like i once saw, I saw something about how you can go from no eye to an eye in 500, steps steps, 500, 500 million years, you know. That's also another question because each step of the development of the eye had no purpose. So that's what they were trying to solve. That, that was that's what they, trying that's solve what they call the irreducible uh, complexities. That uh, that was a big argument. The eye is too complex to be, and it's not useful. There's no half an eye that's useful, you know. Mm-hmm. Didn't they find useful they did, they did. So that's what I'm saying. There, there are right, these kinds of things are, um, you know, they 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 are not uh, insolvable, insolvable. So they want to say, well, if you start out with, you know, you have to start out with something, you know, if you start out with a light sensitive cell. To to me, it's like um, to me, <laughs> again, just just me. Um, the idea that that there is a um, the idea that you know light sensitive cells almost like aware of what is out there before it's uh, produced. I mean, you're going to say that there's like this random mutation that happens to produce something that just happens to be in line with an actual uh, stimulus. Okay, but you know, these things are like, okay, well, that, it happened. That's it, you know. Uh, it's like we're here, so it had to, ha- it had to have happened. Um, right, so okay, so if you start with the premise that there's a light-sensitive patch, that's advantageous because if you're a fish and it gets dark, you know something's above you, you know. That was, that's step one. That's, that's the first hundred million years. Apologetic type um, after the fact uh, reason. Right. They just don't like. Right. Right. People try that, but um, just just to sum up, we're saying over here. Go back to the first clause. What we're saying over here. 
Of course, saying over here in, in this in this parak, in the beginning at least of Yisaiah, is that again, it's not it's not a text of proof to a non-believer, right? But it's a demonstration to someone who believes in Torah but is not necessarily developed in philosophy what the proper idea of God is as he relates to the creation, and it's a it's the poel beratzon of the kavana, and it would seem that the, the that's the uh, that's the ten mamaros is telling you that. Uh, if it was just one mamar, so we have two ways of looking at one mamar. Either everything comes into existence at once, or there's an initial creation that develops into what we see today. Neither one of those is, is, is correct. And if we want to take, you know, our more modern view of, of an initial creation of the Big Bang, so to speak, and then a um, slow development, it's it, it's it still is stating that Without the ten mamoros, the development of the world that we know it today would not um, would not have, the world would not have developed in, into the into the world we know of today. It required ten, well, whatever, however many numbers we already got the one uh, in the beginning, but it required dis- different right extra acts of Hakarish Baruch Hu shepherding, so to speak, the process towards the uh, intended ends. Which is the um, the, the world that sustains its uh, its creation through uh, mm-hmm. you know no, no, uh, you know with uh, and the existence of of, uh, of man who is Makir's borough. That's but that required a um, that's what that's what Bracious, that's what Parshish Bracious is trying to show you. It's not an accidental occurrence over here. It's uh, it's the product of the uh, of, of a bore uh, who goes from the who's mamsi from the koach to the poel the rots and the bekavana, and therefore, if a person is a regular person, regular Jew, uh, studies gracious, here's the tears the parsha, he'll come he'll come to that conclusion, and uh, he'll recognize that uh, that reality, and he'll be therefore he'll have that yisod, okay. So, uh, I guess that's so, right. No, just in terms of the um, the idea of the rutzon, the rutzon of Hashem, the constant rutzon of Hashem today. That's in terms of maintaining the. That's a rutzon that relates to the laws of nature as they are now, and those things are. Uh, so there's no. But we're talking about these mamoros. We're talking about like fixing the nature of. Of, uh, of the botanical, fixing the nature of the biological, fixing some, something in the in the environment. Those those systems um, were had to be uh, created in a certain sense. But now the rotson is in the laws that are maintaining them. Now we do say, in my opinion, um, you know, Chazala very. Um, are very, uh, you know, uh, discuss at great lengths the idea of malachim. And, um, and it seems to me that uh, the idea that there are malachim, each, each nation has a sar, each uh, region of the earth has a sar, you know, Karsh Baruch Hu is on there to Israel. But these statements of Chazal that discuss malachim as having a certain role in, uh, in, in the earth implies, to me, it, it seems to be saying that there is no such thing as 
pure maintenance without some kind of hashgacha intervention. There has to be some still. Requires some kind of force, a force of maintenance. And the malachim represents a certain kind of a force of maintenance. Just simply laws of nature alone, though it implies Chazal Chazal take the position that eventually the world will just uh, reduce itself to uh, entropy and uh, nothingness. And that, I think, is what uh, what the, the implication of saying that there are malachim that are sholate uh, on the world. Um, there's some implication that without, without a system of malachim, naturally, it would not continue in its own way. Each region, uh, there, there has to be some kind of a... Uh, some kind of quasi-hashkochic uh, force that is mediated through what, what Chazal termed, what, what, what we call the malachim, and maintain the regions of the earth. I think we discussed it uh, a couple... So, so we didn't get to the proof, but um, I just want to say one other thing about the proof. We get to, well, we'll try to get to the proof next time. But... I, in terms of proofs, we have to see again uh, what type of proof he takes up. But um, like we discussed before, you know, I think whether whether we accept this particular proof or not, I think there is an idea that the universe, as we know it, however we know it, at whatever stage we we were in, there we can always. Uh, this is what my father has discussed before. You know, the Ram Ram and the Yad uses a specific uh, example, but there are always limitations to what science can explain. And we have to, um, we have to look at it from uh, every generation has to sort of see where they can see the, uh, the necessity of, of, uh, of God in, in their uh, scientific uh, knowledge. So obviously he can't provide us with those kinds of proofs. Um, and we'll have to see if we think his proofs are applicable today. But he, we have to we have to sort of look at it like what is he trying to do in his his method, and see what we can do with our how it applies to us. Okay.